Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman, and joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Good morning. That's it, people. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Just three three of us. There's no... Chris Woodward's out today, and uh, Steve Jordahl will be along next hour. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we do have a guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Fred, you want to tell us who that's going to be and what the topic will be? Yeah, that's our own Rob West, uh, our financial expert. He's the host of Faith and Finance, heard weekdays here at uh, uh, 9 o'clock Central uh, each morning, just before we go on the air. And we're bringing Rob in this morning uh, because unless you've had your radio and TV off since about last Thursday... Um, you may not be aware of what's going on in the banking system. Let me give you the headline from the Associated Press from just moments ago. That might help catch people up if you haven't <laughs> haven't been paying attention. Bank stocks plunge and S&P 500 swings as Wall Street shakes. That's the AP headline uh, just in the last few minutes. And what that's all about is that we learned late last week of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. They're calling it the second-worst bank failure uh, in history. Also on the weekend, Signature Bank. That's on the East Coast. That also collapsed. What's going on? And Rob West is the expert, so I'm just going to keep it very basic. People are withdrawing money out of their accounts like crazy. Uh, They're worried about because of interest rates, they're worried about what the what the economy is going to be doing, all of those sorts of things. A lot of people are taking money out because they're going to the grocery store and they're paying three times as much as they did right. a year ago. So all of those things are coming about. In particular, what we know about Silicon Valley Bank. Is it Silicon or Silicon? Silicon, Silicon uh, Valley Bank. What we know about them in particular is one of the reasons they weren't paying really good attention, they say, to what was going on out there. Their um, chief risk officer, banks have risk officers. Uh, they haven't had one for about the last year. The person they had doing it was a person that went off. And I, honestly, this this is um, we're not exaggerating. She's been focused on wokeness uh, for right. the last year or so on diversity policies and all of that sort of thing. So anyway, that's where we are this morning. Uh, the bank stocks, some, uh, and in particular, according to the Associated Press, it is not the big, big, big banks that are as nervous this morning. It is more the smaller regional banks. For instance, according to the AP, shares of First Republic are down 66.3% this morning. Where so, is that? Do you know where that's located? Uh, I'm not sure. But what happened uh, last night is that the Biden administration announced that they are making money available. And this is a combination of the Federal Reserve and other of these kind of banking oversight entities. 
there's since 2008, there's been a pop that was set up that banks pour money into. It's kind of an insurance policy for times like this. And what the Biden administration announced last night was that, for instance, for the folks that have had accounts uh, with Silicon, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, the worry was on Friday that only people with $250,000 or less were guaranteed to get their money. Because that's from the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Yes. So what the Biden administration announced last night is that there's enough money coming out of this other pot, and they stressed this is not taxpayers' money, but there's enough money coming out of this other pot that all people who had an account, whether it's, a, I guess, a billion dollars or $100 million, they will be able to withdraw their money from Silicon Valley Bank this morning. So that's where we are. It's very interesting talking about the uh, Wall Street this morning. The Dow is actually up because there is a belief that because of this scare that the projection for further rate increases is going to be diminished. In other words, Mr. Powell at the Federal Reserve, who last week was indicating he may have to raise rates a half a point, likely will hold off on that, and that may be cause a quieting down of things, at least for a little while. So that's where we are. But as I say, that's that's a that's me. That's kind of a, just a general assessment. Rob West, who is our expert, will be here at ten thirty, and I'm sure he can give us much more details. This is the uh, part of the show where I don't see anything <laughs> because I know nothing about that topic you just discussed, Fred. I, I, very little. I, I just know, I, I, I able to able to digest the headlines. Beyond that, uh, you're right. I'm glad we're going to have Rob on. Right. But even, you know, you know nothing about it. I know less than nothing. <laughs> even Rob, <laughs> when Rob talks to me, you, you got to. Uh, anyway, he'll be able to explain it. What, what I guess most Americans want to know as a result of this bank failure out in California, which has, also has branches on the East Coast, and is a – is it a top 20 bank in the U.S.? Something like that. Maybe maybe even top 15. 16th largest. 16th largest. Bank. Want to know how, how, how could that potentially affect my bank? Right. You know, is my bank vulnerable too? That's what everybody wants to know. Is my bank where my money is? And then what people do is they go, well, just to be sure, I'm going to go take my money out or I'm going to take half of it out and there's a run on the bank. Right, right. That's 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 the concern. And and uh, also related to that is how, how much is my bank going to be, is the stock going to fall? Uh, because because investors realize that the bank is vulnerable to, to a closure like Silicon Valley Bank. I, I, listen, I, I, I just want to, I'm just confessing, it's good to be humble. And I j- just confessing that everything I know about runs on the bank yes. comes from watching It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, I understand what a bank run is right, from right. that. Uh, yes, I do movie. too. Yeah. At, at least I, I, I grasp that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but ha- I guess how a bank uh, gets into this situation that's that's what uh, it's 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 down in the weed it's in the weeds for yes. for most people and rob can maybe explain that for the common man but i i think we have to go back to common person my bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> good grief i slipped right there people but I, but i think uh 
some will argue this goes back to Biden's economic policies, uh, where trillions of dollars of taxpayers' money going out of these big, big government programs, flooding the country with money. So, again, this is not my, this is the experts uh, that right, I've right, listened right. to. Because of all that money going out there, that drove up inflation. And to fight inflation, interest rates go up. So I think you can go back and you can say what kicked this off was these multi-trillion dollar programs that Biden promoted under the umbrella of saying we have to put this out there because of what COVID did. A lot of people say, no, why didn't you just let the economy recover on its own? It was on its way when when the mask mandates were over and and, and the scare was over. Companies were going to start rehiring again. But they created a mess with these trillion-dollar programs. Yeah. And a lot of the so-called COVID you know, recovery in those programs was a whole pile of money for climate change stuff. Right. I would like to see in a test tube, not in real life because it would affect affect us all, millions of Americans in a negative way, um, big spending liberalism, taxing, regulating, that doesn't work in the real world nope. uh, as far as being a sustainable economic system. So the Democrats, if they had their way, they would they would tax and spend into oblivion. And I mean oblivion because they, they can't help themselves. They believe in handing out welfare and giving people free stuff, giving bailing out states and – and uh, so forth. <clears throat> so that's 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 what they operate under. They believe that you can print, uh, you know, money and, and and put it out there, and there's going to be no negative side effects, no negative consequences. Now, to be fair, there's a lot of Republicans who sort of buy into that too, maybe on a smaller scale, but uh, but uh, uh, there's you know. We're in a situation now, we can talk to Rob about this, but we're in a situation now to where there is going to be a day of reckoning, whether that's this week or five years from now, who knows? By day of reckoning, I mean, you can't go on. Uh, can you? You can't go on uh, with $33 trillion in debt. Can you go to 50 and not? Can you go to 100 I don't know. You know, you used to ask you used yeah. to ask that question. Yeah. Probably go back to the years yeah. of President Obama. You would ask that question: Can we go to fifty? And in my head, I would think, Well, we'll never, we'll never actually find out fifty trillion dollars. Fifty debt. trillion, but that's like twelve trillion dollars ago. <laughs> we we're heading in that direction. We may right. get there, right? And you just wonder. It just makes you wonder: Can can the U.S. federal government print and borrow money? Indefinitely, I mean, or in, into infinity, and it not have a uh, recessionary. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that word. I've been <laughs> it's impressive, uh, huh? It's impressive. Recessionary uh, effect on uh, on our economy. Anyway, we'll talk to Rob about that. Fred, let us talk now about things that Ed and I can speak to because we do understand them. Let's talk about oil. Oh yeah, uh, oh, in my yeah, wheelhouse baby. right there. <laughs> well, uh, cooking oil. 
It, no, not cooking oil. The stuff that goes uh, into your car to keep your car going, gas and yeah, all that sort of thing. Oil. All right, we can talk about that. <laughs> President Biden has been under pressure from within his own party, from Republicans, from the government of Alaska, to open up uh, what is called the Willow Oil Drilling Area in Alaska. What does that represent? That represents, hopefully... About 219 total wells. Uh, Conoco Phillips is the one that wants to develop that. He approved that this morning. Joe Biden approved that going ahead. The climate change people have been going ballistic about this. How can you, Joe Biden, you Mr. Climate Change, turn around and approve this? Well, to try to appease that anger, uh, last evening, uh, Joe Biden, what he did, he announced that... Uh, they were going to limit oil drilling in 16 million acres off of Alaska in the Arctic Ocean, et cetera, et cetera. When I read this this morning, this was last evening coming out of the White House. When I read it this morning, I said, okay, I know what's going to happen. This is the appeasement to the climate change folks last night. But today, announcing this morning that he's approving the Willow oil drilling. And uh, according to ConocoPhillips, this project could produce up to 180,000 barrels of oil a day and create up to 2,500 jobs during construction and 300 long-term jobs. I think there's just a certain reality. We know that Joe Biden declared war on fossil fuels the moment that he entered the White House. Uh, Keystone Pipeline was the first out the door. The very day, Inauguration Day, remember that. And I think you know, the, the country is still hurting with high oil and gas prices. And uh, the reality is this country, you, you remember when they talked about, you know, 2030 is the magic number and we're going to be at this certain percentage with, with uh, renewable energy and all of this sort of thing. Everybody knows that's not going to happen. Here we are at 2023 and, and we're nowhere close to that. This country, whether Joe Biden and the climate change people realize it or not, we're going to be dependent on oil and gas for decades. We don't right. have time, Fred. <laughs> we don't have time. Greta Thun, Thun, Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. Thunberg. She's told us. Al Gore to, tells us every other year that we have five to ten years left. Right. Huh? I know. I know. And, and he's been, been doing that since <laughs> late night. Since he invented the Internet. <laughs> so um, we, we don't. it's over. We don't have time. This planet's going to burn down. Right. If we don't uh, stop oil now, um, you know, <clears throat> I'm having a little fun with this, but this is what the this is what the climate change activists they're always saying. We if we don't do so and so by five to ten years from now, and then they they always re up their next five or ten years from now. Um, and and Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, the other day, he he just mocked Biden. He said he said the idea. I think he said, when has Biden said we have to be like 50% off fossil fuels? I think like, it's 2030. Okay. He said that's, everybody knows that's not true. Oh. Everybody, and, and everybody knows it's impossible to accomplish, to mm-hmm. do. So I am surprised, though, that he approved the drilling in this. Uh, now, this this is, this is the Keystone Pipeline. Was that oil or natural gas? Um or do you remember, or both? Or um, th- let's see. That was um, that was in uh, 
uh, through the government of uh, Canada, wasn't it? From Canada. From Canada. Down here to, to uh, refi- Mexico, right? refineries, yes. The Gulf. Is it oil? Is it oil? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. They're both fossil fuels, right? Yes. And that's, yes. What, that's what the green uh, people, uh, the Democrats. Uh, it was tar-, tar sands, which is one of the climate. areas where uh, oil is uh, located. I don't know. I guess I, I don't know why he would how he cut that off and approve this willow. Uh, what do you call it? Willow what? Willow project. Which is drilling for oil, right? That is it something. is. but and, and that's in what's called the Natural Petroleum Reserve. It's supposed to have like 600 million barrels of oil, but it's going to take, even if he gives the okay now, right? because this was a decades-long project in uh, this Willow project in finding this oil. But even if they started construction, it's take years for the oil to actually get to market. And so if he's looking for a short-term boost to American energy independence, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have canceled the XL, Keystone XL pipeline. We're in a very volatile place as far as energy goes, and here's here's why I say that. Look, uh, oil and gas companies, they make ten year, twenty year, thirty year plans. Mm-hmm. When they're sitting around going, we're going to invest billions of dollars in in this project or that project. Okay, if if they if they say to themselves, well, <clears throat> we don't know from four years to four years whether we're going to have a Republican or a Democrat in the White House. America is so divided. You know, it's 50-50 on whether it's going to be a Democrat or a Republican. But it's a 100 to 0 risk uh, of, of, of our business investment. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you got all these, these companies that invested in the Keystone Pipeline, for example, that uh, they were building, they were in, they was already under construction. They, he shut it down, right? That is correct. Okay, so you get all you need is a is a presidential uh, change from Republican to Democrat, and 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 all that money, mm-hmm. time, energy, effort that you invested mm-hmm. into that huge project, the Keystone Pipeline, is stopped. Yep. It's shut down. It's wasted money. Mm-hmm. Now. You may say, well, if you get a Republican back in next year, next year being the presidential election year, which would January, then he can turn it back on again, I guess. I- well, he can't because, all right, and, and to your point, this has gone back and forth. President Obama vetoed this, okay? There was a Canadian he, he company. vetoed what? Vetoed the uh, Keystone Pi- Pipeline. Okay, okay. And then President Trump came in. He said, it, we're going to do it because it's coming out of Canada, out of Alberta. But it's a Canadian company, uh, TC Energy, that was going, developing it. And after President Biden uh, said, no, we're not going to do it, this group, TC Energy, said, well, we're done. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to find another company that was willing to do it because they were done with the back and forth. To your point, we're investing all this money. We never know who's going to. The environmentalists will always, we're always fighting it. And lawsuits, et cetera, because they say the oil coming out of tar sands, you can get it fast, but it's dirty oil or whatever. So this TC energy company said, well, we're done. You got Obama who says no. Trump says yes. Biden says no. We're out. So I don't know if anybody else would want to step in and put in the investment because 
How do they know the next president if it's Democrats? Four years is not enough time. It's not enough. No. Anyway. All right, next story. Well, uh, if you have been watching uh, TV through the weekend TV news, you may have seen yesterday down in El Paso, there was a basically a massive group of illegals tried to storm the border. They're they're saying around 1,000 people, they say, from Venezuela just stormed the crossing there. Fortunately, the border crossing people, along with some help, from uh, some of the uh, officials that Governor Abbott of Texas had put in place to help the Border Patrol people, they were able to uh, stem the tide. But all of this is because of Joe Biden's border policies. Open borders, that's what it is. These people see the opportunity. We can, If we get across, we can stay. That's the bottom line. Congresswoman Nancy Mace, a Republican from South Carolina, say that rush of 1,000 people at the border is really uh, on the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. He needs to be impeached, she says. Cut number two. Well, it's unbelievable, honestly, to see this kind of video. Our border is not secure. This is like, you know, Secretary Mayorkas is like a firefighter running away from a fire. He ought to be impeached for this. Um, and this lawlessness has to end. This is unbelievable. They're putting the lives of our Border Patrol at risk here by allowing this kind of thing to happen. We're not following our laws. We allow them to come here illegally and stay here illegally without consequence. And you're seeing the results of that today. But we're so thankful that the White House now has such an articulate spokesperson, Corrine Jean-Pierre. Look how she responded to this border crisis. Cut number six. What we are going to promise is that we're going to do this. We're going to move forward with a with a uh, with this kind of system, this immigration system that has been gutted, really, truly gutted by the last administration. We're going to move forward and do it in a humane way. We're going to do it in a safe way, uh, and we're going to do it in the way that moves us forward. And so, what we have been seeing, what we've been dealing with, again, is trying to fix the damage that the last administration do did. What we have done is we've ex- we've Open the path uh, to. Uh, we've opened the path to to make sure that people have a way to um, to get you know to come through and do it in a legal pathway. Boy, I feel better. <laughs> that's the that's the White House chief spokesperson on immigration, right there. That was huh? Well, we've mentioned this before. <laughs> she is incompetent. Let me let me let me just say this. This goes beyond incompetence. Incompetence is when you do not have the ability to handle the job you're in. All right, I, I like, me said, in, like me on the oil field. Okay, very, for example, very good point. I'd be right? incompetent, but I'm not sure this is just incompetence. I she just appears uninterested. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not that she can't do it; it's that she won't. How do you not have? Remember, Kaylee uh, was it Kaylee McEnany? Yes, she had the binder with her talking points. Now, sometimes we get frustrated at talking points, but at least it shows that you have taken the time to organize your thoughts and prepare what you're going to say ahead of time on issues that you expect to be raised in the press briefing. All right. So, how, in light of all that has gone on down at that border? Has Corrine Jean-Pierre not prepared something more than that? She must be playing video games all day at work. How does she not have an answer? Well, I'll tell you, one of the reasons is because she's a lesbian. 
<laughs> no, I'm saying she's a lesbian, and so they're not, and especially she's a lesbian of color. So, oh, so, so the press is not going to uh, make her answer questions. They're just going to say she gets a pass because she's a lesbian woman of color, and we're not going to try to make her look bad. Otherwise, I'll, be, I'll look homophobic and racist. Bingo. Yeah. So she gets to weigh with saying that kind of, somebody said, we passed a salad dressing, yes, right? for her work that was, salad. That was just nothing. Right. Just silly. All right, we'll be back. I'm going to I can just turn that radio station on, and it just comforts me. It gives me peace. It gives me hope. AFR is sharing the love of God, and we'd like to know how that has affected you. I just want to thank God so much for Christian radio and especially AFR. Call 877-876-8893 and give us a minute or two about AFR in your life. Call in your AFR story today. Keep up the good work. You're an inspiration to me. My father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? (laughs) Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. It had been a long day in the coal mines for Michael McGuire of Pikeville, Kentucky. He'd been up since 4.30 in the morning. But the Kentucky Wildcats were in town for a scrimmage, and Michael wanted to take his three-year-old son to his very first basketball game. Michael didn't have time to run home and clean up, so he showed up at the basketball arena in his work clothes, covered in soot. Coach John Calipari noticed Michael sitting in the stands, and it brought back memories, good memories, of his own childhood growing up in a coal mine town in Clarksburg, West Virginia, his family's American dream. Coach Calipari snapped a photo, shared it on social media, and of course it went viral, promising to bring Michael and his family to Rupp Arena, where the coal miner and his boy will be treated like VIPs, no doubt an American dream. You need to read my latest book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing an Asian. It's available at toddstarns.com. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues. That's the name of this show. Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Tim, Ed, and Fred, and we thank you for listening. If you want to watch the show on what Ed calls that there internet, uh, go to Facebook and type in Today's Issues. Uh, you can watch on Facebook Today's Issues, our live video stream, and we post the stories that we discuss there as well. Also, we have a uh, video streaming service that we made, we created. So you can take advantage of that. It has a lot of good content there uh, in, in addition to airing most of our shows uh, on a live video streaming uh, effort there, uh, streaming.afa.net. It's very easy. It takes you about a minute or two to sign up, and then, then you don't have to do that anymore. Streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. <clears throat> Well, joining us now is Rob West, host of Faith and Finance, heard weekdays here on American Family Radio. And uh, Rob joins us now. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Great to be with you guys. Uh, so you live in the Atlanta area, right? I do, yeah. How do you like that traffic, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I live 10 minutes from my studio. My whole world is in like a two-square-mile oh, okay, radius, okay. so I'm, I'm good. You don't, you don't venture out on two. <laughs> I don't touch the interstate. You got the Dollar General right down the road. That's <laughs> yeah, so all I need. You need uh, M&Ms. You can Some that. people have gotten on that 285 loop, and you never heard from them again. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, still circling. Wow, that is <laughs> scary traffic um, when it's, when it's uh, well, probably for half the day or long. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, Rob. So, uh, Fred, you want to pose the question to Rob? Yeah, what's going on with the banking business in this country? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to lose my money too? Yeah. Why did that bank collapse uh, in in a minute or less? Uh, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is uh, this is a, a bank that was focused on venture capital and uh, high growth tech stocks. The challenge is, as the Fed has been uh, reversing course on their easy money policies and contracting their balance sheet, and as rates have been going up, uh, it's been a lot more difficult in this uh, cooling environment for IPOs and startups uh, for them to get their businesses funded and uh, keep them operating. So they've been uh, withdrawing deposits in order to do that. The challenge is that as uh, as this bank started to raise capital by selling off some of these bonds uh, with the interest rates uh, a lot higher than they were, they're selling these bonds at a loss. And when they had to let folks know they needed to raise a couple of billion dollars in capital, well, uh, all of a sudden a self-fulfilling prophecy happened where the VC community, which if you lay a Venn diagram on on uh, you know how they communicate with social media on top of uh, this community, uh, you know it created an instant run on the bank with uh, in a very short period of time about forty two billion in deposits coming out as they were uh, starting to move their money around. And as a result, uh, we went from a capital raise to a bank failure in just a couple of days' time. Uh, I kind of feel better about that answer because it sounds like it may be a one-off. And it's it, it's it's this bank. Oh, this this is a big bank, the 16th largest bank in America. But this bank made uh, made some very irresponsible uh, business decisions. <clears throat> sounds like to me. And also, yeah. they got they they got maybe caught in some bad luck as well. 
uh, combine that, but it doesn't sound like to me that's a st- systemic bank problem across the U.S. No, I don't think so. I mean, the word contagions used a lot here in these situations, and I don't think that's appropriate because it's not like one bank is going to catch a cold from another bank. I mean, it's like this bank had a heart attack, and the fallout of that is you look at who else has high cholesterol, and you start getting tests, and then the question is who's in the same situation, and I think you're right. It is fairly isolated. You know, when Ecclesiastes talks about being diversified, uh, that applies here. Well, they were highly concentrated concentrated in one high-growth sector that's uniquely susceptible uh, to this higher interest rate environment, kind of like we've seen with other banks that were highly concentrated. Well, Mellon Bank uh, in, in Houston with the oil you know, industry, when oil prices were cratering, they had to be restructured. And so I think that's what we're seeing here. I mean, clearly there will be some folks taking a bit more, uh, some harder looks at, at other banks who might be in a similar situation, which is why we saw Signature Bank uh, become the second highly concentrated in the crypto space, which has similar challenges. So I think this is fairly uh, regionalized. It's it's sector focused, but it will result in folks taking a harder look at some of these balance sheets just to make sure there aren't others with uh, cracks in the in the uh, bow. Okay, uh, Rob, so this is Ed Vitagliano. So um, let me put a more pessimistic spin on it. I mean, just right. in terms of asking a question. Sure. I, I am unqualified to put a a spin on anything having to do with the bank, but if banking you have to industry. choose between positive and negative, you're going negative. Well, I just here's the thing. <laughs> so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Rob, everything I know about running runs on the bank comes from watching It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So, what is in place to keep most Americans who did not hear your your actually encouraging explanation? Then they go, well, what happens if my bank goes under? I'm going to go get my money out, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. What does the government or the banking industry do to keep that from happening? Yeah, it's a great question, and that's why the government took the action they did. You know, I would have preferred that they not step in, that they let the market work this thing out. The problem is, uh, you know, this is uh, a moral hazard, and, you know, they understand that because of the policies they've had and given how much of the wrong thing the government has done to this point, it's kind of like they have to continue down this track uh, to make sure that they shore up the banking system, which is why they came in and said even those that were uninsured and have money in there beyond $250,000, we're going to provide liquidity and guarantees for that money because they want to prevent exactly what you uh, just described. And that's why the market is rallying today, that on top of the fact that because of this, uh, we're almost certain the Fed isn't even going to consider another 50 basis point hike. It's now zero or 25, and so the market is, is uh, responding positively. Rob, it's Fred. Um, I was speculating earlier, did this problem really, was it initiated by Joe Biden putting out trillion-dollar government, big government programs, which resulted in inflation. Can we take it back to that, or was it something that started before Biden came into the, the Oval Office? Well, we've been on an easy money track for a while, but I think clearly he has accelerated that pace, and uh, so you could 
you know, point a finger there in part for sure. Um, you know, the Federal Reserve, I think, you know, we're there, uh, the biggest investor in the world. And that's a challenge because now all eyes are on them. They control everything about where our economy is headed. And we're paying the piper for all of this easy money and zero percent interest that's resulted on top of uh, the government hands out handouts during the uh, pandemic in the situation we're in now where, uh, you know, this particular sector, the tech sector, has been, uh, you know, living high on the hog with all of this easy money and funding these businesses that are losing <laughs> uh, money every day. And as interest rates rise, all of a sudden they're having trouble making payroll. And so this was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Rob, just uh, one additional question from me, this, and then I'm, I'm, uh, I've reached my peak of banking knowledge. But uh, my understanding is like the CEO of this bank, again, you know, we're talking about the Silicon uh, Valley Bank. Um, did, did, was, did I read this right, that he, he sold his, his stocks in the bank in advance and they gave out bonuses before this thing went public? Is, if, if I am correct about those, uh, those news stories, is that legal to do that? Is that insider trading? What, do you it know anything about if, that? Yeah, I, I have not seen that. I'll look into that. But clearly, if he had knowledge that was going to move the stock price and got out ahead of time based on that insider knowledge, that would that would not be good, and that would be a, a violation of federal law. Uh, you know, I think one of the real challenges here is this this bank was just managed very poorly. You know, what we're seeing coming out is that the risk officer, the chief risk officer of this bank, uh, was focusing a a good bit of her time uh, on activism and not on the daily activities of risk management of this bank, which in part resulted in them being very highly concentrated in long-term treasuries that were you know, far more volatile in this rising interest rate environment than short-term treasuries. And perhaps she, if that's what she goes by, uh, should have been focused more on the, the risk management of this business, this bank, than her activism. I- I don't know. I think, you know, choosing people's right pronouns is a big part of a, a, a banking business uh, that, that she, you know, she had, she, I'm glad she was looking after that. They, I just uh, call everyone they now. They, they, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so the, uh, what's the stock market doing this morning? Is it, up or down or yeah it was uh you know when the news came out about the government's backstop it rallied and then started to sell off futures were pointing in a downward direction this morning since the open it has turned around so you know dow's up a couple of hundred points s&p's up nearly one percent s&p and nasdaq's up about one and a half percent right now of course uh only time will tell where things go from here but i think the fed's backstop shoring up the confidence in the banking system, at least for now, that deposits are protected. And in the case of these two banks, even beyond that $250,000 limit, on top of the fact that this is sending a signal to the Fed that they perhaps need to slow their interest rate hike pace, uh, if not freeze it and reverse course, uh, is is causing the market to react positively. Is the chairman of the Federal Reserve more powerful than the president of the United States? Absolutely. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I, I wondered that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least with regard to our economy, well, yeah, I mean, the yeah, Federal Reserve yeah. is in a place that was never intended by our founding fathers. That's where well, we find ourselves well, today. Okay. Who? The founding fathers. Who? The dead white man. <laughs> yeah. Ed, come on. 
No, I wake up. I was just get woke, Ed. I was just I, I just was thinking about their pronouns. Oh, I know. <laughs> Founding fathers. Yeah. Oh, I, I see where you're going with that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rob. Thanks so much. Appreciate your uh, sharing with us this morning, and we uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this, and let's okay. continue to talk. Thanks, guys. Okay. All right, thank you. Mm. So uh, I am relieved. It sounds like Uncle Billy found the money that he was supposed to deposit, and the bank is going to the savings and loan is going to be saved. Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Oh, oh, Jimmy Stewart yeah. savings and loan. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I was going back to it's a wonderful uh, life. Wonderful life. <laughs> um, all right, so best-selling look- book by. Uh, um, it's a Wonderful Life. Joel Osteen. It, wasn't it? It's, it's a best, Wonderful Life? It's a no, Wonderful just, Life. No, that's your best it, life now. Yeah. I, I'm misfiring it's on my Friday. joke today. Yeah. Uh, all right. You're listening. Well, you're just, your comic is way above our heads right now. We're, we're, Ed, Fred and I are going to come back. <laughs> okay. Down so we can. Uh, that's the first time ever, anyone's ever said my, your my comedy's above, above our, the head, our head. Up the, up. So. Unless it's fifth right. graders. You're listening to today's it. Now, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she's got you beat. Well, me. that's true. She's got some, she's got some comedy that'll. Comedy, uh, comedy yeah. gold. Yes. <laughs> it's it's time for her word salad to be tossed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> she said, what'd she say? Like she that. said, she said President Trump destroyed the immigration. Yeah, gutted it. Gutted the immigration. Yeah, and they're just trying to recover from all the damage that that's, President Trump that's did. That's why three or four million people have come in since Biden's been president illegally, dispersed yeah. all over the country, mm. still coming in. You um, think they would have started coming in <laughs> when the president who had gutted right. ICE right. Had, right. was doing it? But she, she she gives new meaning to the word gaslight, uh, yeah. Kareem Jean-Pierre, even if that's what she – she may not even be trying to – do that she may just be just blathering you know or just yes that's what i think I, huh yep some you know just you know how you uh it's kind of like uh you know somebody asks you a question you don't know the answer to it but you can talk for two minutes it's it's and and, and, and they wonder well you didn't answer my question but you sucked up all the time especially on a tv interview Go it's ahead. it's like a high school it's like someone in high school taking a test he knew it was an essay test and he instead played Mario Brothers uh, all night, and so he just word salads those yes. essay yes. answers. Yes, never actually answers right. it, and then the teacher says, "You knew the test was coming." Right. I have a solution for uh, our KJP. Yeah, Green Jean Pierre. Green Jean Pierre. I have a solution. Okay. She needs to spend some time with the Vice President Kamala Harris because she's so good. At putting sentences together. I would pay to hear that debate. You know what? I would pay. A, a, a discussion between a discussion between President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Corrine Jean Pierre. Come at comedy gold. Yes. Right there. I would I, that'd be a pay per view. Yeah. I, I, I think we owe it to the White House and to Corrine Jean Pierre uh to play her latest hit. We could yeah, we, we so uh, move over, Taylor. Swift. Well, before we do that, before we do that, I think we could just from this year put together a montage of President B- Biden, Harris, and Corinne Jean Pierre there, and and maybe sometime we can just play like uh, two minutes of it would be more word than a, salad. It would be more. It would be more than a word salad. It'd be a word cob salad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, with all the ingredients. Let's hear this this classic uh, again. From this is from Friday or Saturday. 
What we are going to promise is that we're going to do this. We're going to move forward with a with a uh, with this kind of system, this immigration system that has been gutted, really, truly gutted by the last administration. We're going to move forward and do it in a humane way. We're going to do it in a safe way, uh, and we're going to do it in the way that moves us forward. And so, what we have been seeing, what we've been dealing with, again, is trying to fix the damage that the last administration do did. What we have done is we've ex- we've Opened the path uh, to uh, we've opened the path to, to make sure that people have a way to um, to get you know to come through and do it in a legal pathway, such as such, such I know, as just such as, as she's not actually Miss South Carolina, <laughs> such as well, I I believe that all people such as the South Africa, <laughs> such as the Iraq. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Oh, that's just that's so pathetic, huh? Brett, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Brett Creeley, our producer, our faithful producer. Yeah, take a week or two. We we want Tim to be back yeah. from the Holy Land when we play this. So you got maybe two, three weeks. You mean your top, uh, the let's, top hits? Of we're gonna string here? string together if we can find it. Uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, and Corinne Jean Pierre. About okay. two minutes. That's probably not too long, is it? Two minutes? <laughs> You're probably going to need three minutes because these people can go. Of word salad. They can go. Yeah. And and, and we'll just. Yeah. It'll be the it'll be the biggest bunch of nothing that anyone's ever heard. All right. Says Kareem Jean-Pierre is going. Is the interview over now? <laughs> Am I through? I did answer your question. It's 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 Trump's fault that millions of people are coming here illegally. But we're going to go forward, Tim. We're going to go forward. We're going to go forward. A pathway. Immigration. And we're all in. We're, we're yes, we're 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 a, a, a legal and a humane. Yes, it'll be humane, a humane way, absolutely, uh, to destroy our country. And when I can't answer the question, I have to refer you to the Justice Department. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. You're listening to today's issues on American Family Radio. Next story, Fred. All we right. Had too much fun with that one. Uh, yeah. Former President Trump uh, is on his way to Iowa today. He, that'll be his first visit since announcing that he plans to run again uh, for president. Now, he's following in the footsteps of uh, Florida Governor Ron No, Ron he's DeSantis. not, Fred. <laughs> Trump never follows in the footsteps of anybody. That was a He figure. makes his own footsteps. Yeah. Figure of speech. Blazes okay. his own trail. I'm he's, just kidding. He's coming uh, after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis spent some time in right. Iowa on Friday. Cut number 10. There's no drama in our administration. There's no palace intrigue. They basically just sit back and say, okay, what's the governor going to do next? And we roll out and we execute and we do do things and we get things done. Yeah, that was uh, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa. He's got a new book out. Uh, I got it. I th- haven't read it yet, but I, uh, it's, it's, I've got, uh, I got a copy of it. Uh, let me ask you, I, I, what, what, what reason I was saying that about what President Trump um uh, doesn't follow in anybody's footsteps. Oh, I know. Because the other day he said, uh, I don't seek endorsements. I only give endorsements. Ah. Generally, he said. Mm-hmm. Talking about President Trump. I forgot what he was talking about. Sarah uh, Huckabee Sanders. Sanders. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess President Trump endorsed her run for for governor. He, yeah. But somebody was asking him, well, she hasn't endorsed you yet for mm-hmm. in your run for president. He says, I, he says, I don't seek endorsements. I don't. I generally just give them. Give them. Yeah. I will, I will uh, say this. Uh, last week, I listened to 
I was not here on the Wednesday when we ran Governor DeSantis's speech. Okay, I think it was when he was. Uh, uh, it's the one I listened to in Florida. Yes, that, that that's I, what it was. I asked him if we could play. Yeah. So, uh, and then I also listened to President Trump's speech uh, at CPAC, and I'm just going to say both speeches were really good. Oh sure. Uh, I, I I enjoyed both of those uh, those gentlemen speaking, for, uh, the Florida governor and the former president. So uh, they go toe to toe. This is going to be. This is going to be uh, pay per view. Uh, they're they're both going to have uh, their supporters on board. Anyway, that's- no, it's it's going to be interesting. Of course, uh, pre- uh, former President Trump. Go back to 2016. He actually did not win in Iowa uh, when it went went to the caucuses. There, who won that? That was Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. All right. Yes. So uh, they don't want a repeat of that. They would. They would like to come out of the shoot with a big win right. in Iowa. Uh, of course, the Democrats have already decided Iowa is not that important to the Democrats the next time around, nor is New Hampshire. Right. They moved South Carolina. South Carolina is going to be their number one. And yeah. that has insulted a lot of folks in Iowa and New Hampshire. So it's going to be very interesting. Those are both smaller states population-wise, mm-hmm. and they have enjoyed having some degree of notoriety. Mm-hmm. Iowa is a caucus state in the primaries. New Hampshire is a uh, primary. And they've enjoyed having a little bit of uh, oversized influence on the race because, let's face it, if if you put those two primaries, a primary and caucus, into the mix, they get lost in the shuffle because the, there's not really many delegates uh, available for those. So the Democrats have said you're too small. We don't care. We're moving South Carolina. But I'm glad the Republicans are keeping those two uh, out front because it is it, – it's, uh, it's, if you're – like Tim always uses the phrase political junkie. Mm-hmm. If you like watching – because a, a really good battle up to the nomination is like a good pennant race. Yeah. I mean there's always something going on. What are they saying? You know, the leading candidates, what are they saying in Nevada today? Or what are they saying – what's going on in Texas? It is like a good – pennant race i'm not saying it's not important of course it, it is more important well, than baseball but it is fun if you like politics the reason <clears throat> the reason i've always liked the uh iowa new hampshire south carolina uh lead off to the to the rest of the country is because with the exception of maybe the west coast it's representative of three different geographical areas of the country the mid the upper midwest or the midwest Good point. Iowa, mm-hmm. New England, and then Southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that's a very diverse group of voters in either party that you get a feel of uh, before you, you know, as I say, you start taking on. I, I get, after that, I, I think it would be after that, you, then you start multiple states on the same day. I think that you go right to Super Tuesday. Is there? Do a, you? I don't know. Up to. I don't know. But, we're still uh, a ways away. That, that that's, you know, we're talking about we're talking about uh, twenty twenty four, and it's well, March you know, it's already on. Really, DeSantis yep. is traveling the country, uh, with his new book. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's almost a foregone conclusion. He's going to announce after the Florida legislature concludes in May. Right. You got Nikki Haley. She's already out there on the stump. You've got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah, yeah, that him. You got him on the stump uh, out there across the country. 
uh, now, and then you've got uh, you know possibility that Mike Pence or Tim Scott or uh, Mike Pompeo. Well, those are some other names. I think that, Christy Nome. I keep mentioning her. Really, you her. think she's going to run I think too? She, I think she'll run. Okay, uh, uh, hoping for not. I don't think she would believe she'll get the nomination. But sometimes these folks will run hoping to get the vice presidential Let slot. Let me ask you this: good, you, uh, President Trump is going to portray all all those people as rhinos and and disloyal. Do you think? I mean, that's it's it's really going to be Trump versus the field when it comes right down to it. And I, if if it's Trump versus the field, if there are is there if there is a field of candidates like eight or ten, uh, they would split up the vote of the people who don't want President Trump to be the nominee, right? And he would win, I would think. Uh, I think he would win with thirty to forty percent. That, that's my speculation of the Republican primary voters. Well, and as we've mentioned, that <clears throat> was the possibility for Joe Biden when he was running for the Democratic nomination. Mm-hmm. That's why when uh, he was struggling in Iowa and New Hampshire coming up to South Carolina, uh, the, the um, black vote came out really big for Joe Biden in South Carolina, gave him the win in that primary and then everybody else said, we're getting, well, I don't know if it was everybody else. I think Bernie Sanders hung on a little bit. But most everybody else said, we're behind the closing ranks. Closing ranks. And they were promised to cabinet level positions. But Buttigieg, for example. Yeah, he Buttigieg. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris promised. Uh, of course, she was already out of the race by then. But it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, as we go forward. You said President Trump's in Iowa today? Yes. Yep. We will see what he has to say. Mm-hmm. When is that? Tonight? Is he having a rally or is it like a... I would imagine there'll be a rally, yes. Uh, he's very popular. The uh, Des Moines Register has done a poll. And, I mean, he's he's very popular in Iowa. No Among Republican voters. Among Republicans, yes. <clears throat> All right. We'll be back momentarily with more with uh, Steve Paisley Jordahl. <laughs> he's coming up in five minutes. And I think Steve he's Mc- full on Paisley today. Is he full on? Yes. We'll be back in a minute, a few minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.